Baba wetu ose zulwini. Das fiatitia imiatsvayo. Venha o teu reino, seja feita a tua vontade, assim na terra como no céu. Chleba naszego powszedniego, daj nam dzisiaj. Śnejate no greszelile nostre, precum śino jertam greszicilor nostri. Mafia wasinigita wu, shigongwawa lo obilisi. Porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria. Kamule an salama lama. Amen. 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 Great. Big welcome to all of you wherever you're gathered, whether you're watching online to this new series on prayer. If you can pray the Lord's Prayer in all those languages, then you're a lot smarter than I am. But the thing is, this is a wonderful prayer that is prayed right across the world. Uh, you may not be aware, but actually prayer in our society is becoming increasingly fashionable. Uh, a recent survey done said that 80% of people said in some way they prayed. And this really struck me. Apparently, people in their teens and 20s would now say they pray more often than their parents, which I think is, is incredible and quite encouraging. question is, what kind of prayers are people praying? Uh, probably the universal prayer is a four-letter word. Ever prayed this? Help! I've prayed that many times and still do. But I think certainly in terms of the church and Christian history, the most famous and popular and universal prayer is indeed the Lord's Prayer. You may be somebody who has known about the Lord's Prayer. You may have prayed it for years. You may be somebody who hasn't actually prayed it. Maybe you didn't grow up in a church, but you might have heard it either at school or at a wedding or a funeral. It's possible that you've never really understood or even heard the Lord's Prayer. So what we're going to do is we're going to all get on the same page and we're all going to pray the Lord's Prayer together in every center, wherever we're gathered. Just to make it a bit more fun, we're going to have a race. Okay, so we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer out loud but as fast as we possibly can. And in all the centers, the service leader will be watching to see who puts up their hand first. And uh, the winner will get a prize. Haven't thought of it yet. Something like um, uh, Champions League tickets for when Man City beat Real Madrid or something. No, maybe not. But anyway, we're going to have a race. And I'm going to do a count of one, two, three. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to use Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. Whatever language is your first language, say it out loud, one, two, three, go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the power, the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Um, oh my word, that was quick. <laughs> Give one another a big clap wherever you are. Uh, I... I taught on the Lord's Prayer many, many years ago in a Bible school setting, and I, I did that exercise just for a bit of fun. And um, two ladies, it felt like after about 10 seconds, stuck their hands up, and I said, how do you do it so quickly? And they said, we're Catholics, we pray like this all the time. <laughs> they just become <laughs> the way they prayed it. Um, but you may be asking, well, if I can pray that in 20, 30 seconds, and if you were counting in this particular version we're using, it's a prayer that's only 64 words. Question is, why do a whole sermon series on it? Why spend eight weeks on something that takes 20, 30 seconds to pray? And even if you slow down, it's only going to take you about a minute. And it's only got 64 words. 
important question, isn't it, before we launch into that for the next series? Well, the, 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 the basic answer is there is something very special, very powerful, and very unique about the Lord's Prayer. We were uh, pl- praying and planning as a team, as we do every year, sometime last year, for this year of 2016, and we were seeking God about what sermon series we should do, and also in what kind of order. And after some prayer and discussion, we decided, yes, we sensed it was right to do the Lord's Prayer in this particular season. Little did we know that the Church of England had decided to call all their churches to a special week of prayer in this same season, in a week of May, called Thy Kingdom Come around the Lord's Prayer. And that many other churches and groups and denominations are all going to join in with that emphasis. How many think there might be a God who's planning some things? And so I was already expectant about this series. Now I'm super expectant about what the Lord is going to do. And as I was looking at the letter that the archbishops of Canterbury and York sent out to the Church of England, I, I saw this dynamic little summary about something of why the Lord's Prayer is so special. Let me read it to you. It says, they say this, it's impossible to overstate the life-transforming power of the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that is reassuring enough to be on the lips of the dying, and yet dangerous enough to be banned in cinemas. It's famous enough to be spoken each day by billions in hundreds of languages, and yet intimate enough to draw us into ever closer friendship with Jesus Christ. It's simple enough to be memorized by small children, and yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer. I love this. When we pray it with sincerity and joy, there is no imagining the new ways in which God can use us to his glory. Isn't that great? What a wonderful summary statement of something about the power and the impact of the Lord's Prayer. So... I want to answer this question today as an intro. What's so special about the Lord's Prayer? What's so special about the Lord's Prayer? Why are thousands of us going to be praying it and millions across our country and billions pray it every day? What is so special about the Lord's Prayer? A lot I could say on this. Um, I want to just say three simple but I believe very important things about the Lord's Prayer. Number one, it's the prayer outline that Jesus gave us. Pause and ponder those words. Notice the phrase prayer outline and Jesus gave it to us. You see, many people only know the Lord's Prayer as a set prayer. They, they memorize the exact words or they read it from a screen, a little bit like we did or from a sort of, uh, service book or whatever, and they repeat it little bit slower than we did. And can I say, on one level, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a lot worse things you can do, isn't there? I mean, you're saying the words of Jesus. You're, you're reading the Bible. It, so I'm not knocking that. It's okay to pray that way. But if we do, it's important, let's just say, to say it with meaning. I mean, imagine if um, I turned up to Karen in the morning, brought her her mandatory cup of tea in bed, and I said, Hello, Karen. How are you? I love you very much. I mean, she might be thinking, oh, that's a nice thing to say. But then next day, exactly the same time, 
I came and said the same thing in exactly the same voice. Hello, Karen. How are you? I love you very much. And by the third day, do you think she might think, what's going on here? I thought we had a relationship, not a ritual, not a formula. So let me just say, if we are going to read the Lord's Prayers of Prayer, at least let's think about what we're saying. Remember who we're saying it to. Yeah? That's kind of like baseline. But actually, that's not the point of this series. And I don't believe that is the primary reason that Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. Even to say it slowly like that. Something changed my life 30 years ago. I was a new Christian. I'd been radically saved. I knew the presence of God. I had a hunger to know God. But I really, I had, if you like, the desire to pray, but I didn't have the discipline. Anyone else like that? And one of the major problems was my mind wandered. I'd like, I really wanted to say, Lord, I want to learn how to pray an hour a day. 20 seconds later, I'm gone. My mind's gone somewhere else. Anyone relate to that? And then I had this discovery. I heard some teaching about the Lord's Prayer that this wasn't so much a set prayer as a master prayer outline from the Son of God himself. Let me explain. If, if you go back to Matthew's Gospel where Jesus first teaches the Lord's Prayer, it's, in the, it's what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus starts teaching on giving, we need to give generously, on prayer and on fasting. Good Jews would have known you do those three things. And so Jesus kind of assumes that we give, he assumes that we pray, and he assumes that we fast. And then in this middle section on prayer, he basically starts by saying how we shouldn't pray. He basically says to the religious hypocrites, don't pray for show. But then he says... Don't either pray like the pagans, those who don't really know the true God, and mindlessly babble away. So Jesus can't then want us to mindlessly pray something because he's just told us don't pray mindlessly, yeah? That's the backdrop to how he then introduces the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 verse 9. He says, pray then like this. I've used the ESV because it brings that out. I think the old King James, something like, in this manner, pray ye. Pray like this. This is a guideline for how to do what? Not have a formula or a ritual, but to develop a real relationship with who? Our Father in heaven. It's not a formula. It's the basis of a relationship with God. So that's Matthew 6. That's the first time it appears. Second time it appears in our Bibles in, is in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 11. Most or many commentators think it was probably a separate incident that's recorded. I think it probably was. This time, Jesus is at prayer yet again. And it's like his disciples have seen him as a perfect man. He is the Son of God, but he's also a perfect man, somehow modeling something for his disciples then and now. I remember studying this years ago in my hunger to know God. And I started, I went through the Gospels and I started seeing Jesus. And we think of his miracles and his teaching. And, but actually, if you read, there's like a subtext going on. He's going from prayer. Then he's doing a miracle. He's going from prayer. Then he's teaching. He's 
going up a mountain to pray. Then he calls his disciple. And I started seeing that one thing that Jesus was, particularly in Luke's gospel, he's presented to us as a man of prayer. And I remember just this deep cry, God, I want to know you. God, I want to pray. God, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. That means I want to follow him to the place of prayer. And it's like this is what's going on with the disciples. And so one of the disciples, seeing him yet again at prayer, ask, make a request of him that I think is one of the most powerful requests in the whole of the Bible. It's, Lord, teach us to pray. Do you know that's a good request that we can make at the start of this series, isn't it? I don't care whether you've just started praying, you've never prayed, or you've been on the journey for years. Can I say none of us arrive? So they say, teach us to pray. And guess what Jesus said? He says, when you pray, say. And then he basically gave them in Luke chapter 11, a slightly shortened version of essentially the same prayer outline that he gave them on the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I think this is, this is very significant. Number one, notice the words aren't exactly the same. You can go and check it at Luke 11. Now, if Jesus wanted us to learn it as a formula, we would expect exactly the same words, but they're not quite the same, but the key headlines are the same. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Yeah? So he's teaching us an outline. He's not saying say it parrot fashion. He says, guys, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm reading something in a year or so ago, I taught you, this is how you're to pray. You've asked me the question, <laughs> let me tell you again. This is, this, is, this is the outline for prayer. Now, if, if Jesus was to come here and say, right, it's my turn on the teaching team. Hopefully, he's teaching us every week by the Spirit. But if he's here in person, okay, and it's Jesus and Nazareth, and he says, right, I'm going to teach Kingsgate how to pray. And then he was to come back a year or so later, and we were to sit down on stools, and I was to interview him and say, Jesus, do you know... Some of us are really struggling with prayer. Can you teach us how to pray? Guess what he'd say? He'd say, just what he taught us. Because what we have in scripture, the written word, tells us what Jesus, the living word, would do. Amen? Now, it's not, can I just say, that's not the only prayer that we can pray. Last, this time last year, we prayed an amazing Old Testament prayer called the prayer of Jabez, and God in his grace did incredible things, Yeah? We can pray New Testament prayers from Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. It's not that we're stuck with one kind of prayer, but if Jesus, the Son of God, twice recorded us in Scripture, basically said, this is my outline that I'm giving to my church as a gift so that you can come and develop a dynamic relationship with my Father. How many of you know that we're not likely to do better than that? In fact, I would go as far as to say, it changed my life 30 years ago. I'm ready to go on a new journey of prayer, and I'm expecting thousands of us to grow in our prayer life with Jesus. Amen? As we pray the way Jesus taught. Come here, come on, let's give the Lord thanks for the gift of the Lord's prayer. So it's pray like this. I don't know about you, but when I go out for a walk, I often go walking or I go driving. Some of you may cycle. I like to know roughly where I'm going when I set out. Anyone else? I don't just normally just go out of the house and sort of like, but I think sometimes we do that with prayer and we wonder why we get lost. You know, just uh, on, on, on Saturday, I went round, I actually did a prayer walk round one of my favorite lakes. 
Sometimes I'll go a different way round it, but basically when I set out, I think I'm going to go this way. There's a bit of gravel here, turn the corner, hit the lake, go round, there's a church. I'll go this path here. It, it kind of helps me enjoy the work, work more, walk more. It doesn't get more boring. I see new things every time, but I like to know roughly where I'm heading. It's the same with prayer. I want to tell you, if you want to pray more than 20 seconds and, get, and not get lost, you need to have some idea of where you're going. Yeah? It helps your mind. Now, of course, because we have the Holy Spirit and we have what we call speaking in tongues, there are all kinds of variety and creativity. It never gets dull. We're talking about God. How could this be dull? Never gets boring. We've got the most creative personality living on the inside of us, showing us new wonders of God all the time. But it's like a guideline. We don't have to get stuck. It's not a rule. It's Jesus saying, pray like this. And it's like the Lord's Prayer acts as a kind of guide. Now, you should have um, a prayer guide. You've probably been given one. The purpose of that is not, um, it's not like sort of the tablets of stone <laughs> that, that were given on Mount Sinai. It's something that I, I received something like this 30 years ago. And it really helped me because it will unpack a little bit more about how you can pray the Lord's Prayer. And you'll notice there's a little QR code there and a web link, and we've written some resources so that you can unpack a little bit more detail how to pray these various stages of the Lord's Prayer. And then over the next series, uh, next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking line upon line. Different people are going to be teaching, myself, others of the team. We've got Pastor Agu here again. It's going to be fantastic. And we're going to, you're not going to want to miss a single Sunday, but to get started, take the prayer guide away. Um, you know, if you're driving to work, please don't use it as a prayer guide while you're driving. Otherwise, there'll be a new kind of offense, not mobile phone, but Kingsgate members using prayer guides. I'm not going to be held responsible for that. But take the prayer guide with you and learn to start praying the way Jesus taught us to pray. It's his gift. And, and what you'll see is that as you start praying this, how wonderfully balanced the prayer is. If you look at it, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We start focusing on God. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I pray, if I didn't have this to help me, I'd start focusing on me and then I'd get in trouble. Anyone else? I mean, imagine if this, imagine if this is my problem, okay? And I start praying about me. Guess what? I'm going to be in trouble because it's bigger than me. But as soon as I say our Father in heaven, I'm like, yeah, I see the new perspective on everything. I get God's perspective. It's about him, his, his name, his kingdom. And then I pray, give us my daily bread. Forgive us my sin. Do you understand? So, so it's a beautifully balanced prayer. It's also wonderfully all-encompassing. When you start praying this way, you'll actually find out it covers pretty much every area of our lives. I just summarized these sort of seven out headings under, we're all beginning with the letter P. Um, the first one focuses on our privilege in knowing God as Father. And then it leads us into praising the name of the Lord. Then we can pray God's purposes into our lives, our families, the church, and the world. Then we can pray for God's provision. Then we can pray for God's pardon in our lives and release that pardon and forgiveness to others. Then we can pray for God's protection. And then we go out with joy, knowing that we've got God's perspective 
on our lives. Now just take those seven things. How many think that if you start praying that way, it's going to start affecting not just your prayer life, but your whole life? I know it will. So that's the first thing. Why do we pray the Lord's Prayer? Why is it so special? Because it's the prayer outline that Jesus gave us. Number two, the Lord's Prayer is so special because as we pray this way, our Father will reward us. Our Father will reward us. When he's setting up the Lord's Prayer, he's about to teach it in Matthew 6, we read these words. When you pray, pray to your Father. No, don't pray just to God or an unknown God. Pray to your Father, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Can I say prayer is not a duty, it's a delight. Think about this. Run thinking, oh, have I got to pray? Oh, you're not telling me to pray, are you? This is about, <laughs> woke somebody up. This is about <laughs> coming into the presence of the eternal creator who knows everything, has all power, has your best interest at heart, has the world in his hands, and he's giving us invitation to come into his throne room and for us to be changed and for people around us to be changed. And he says, and when you come before me, I will reward you. Excited about that? And so I, I start thinking about, so when Jesus says, pray to your father, where does the origin of that come from? Next week, we'll be looking in more detail at our father in heaven. But let me just say this. Jesus is the son of God. And here he's saying to his followers, you want to know what it's like to know the father? I'm going to introduce you to him. Who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's known the Father from eternity. He knew him perfectly. But the great news is his Father, Jesus' Father, now has become our Father. That amazing? That amazing? We as the disciples, we as the family of God get into the eternal love relationship between the Father and the Son. This is about intimacy. This is about glory. And so as I think about prayer, don't think, oh, no, I've got to do me 10 minutes today. Think about the fact that there's a father waiting to meet me. There's a father who's got a feast laid out for me. <laughs> there's a father who knows what I need even before I ask him, but he, he asked me to ask him anyway, so I'm going to enjoy bringing my request before him. And as I started praying this 30 years ago, no longer as a set prayer, but taking each of these kind of headings and allowing the Holy Spirit to unpack them to me, I discovered not only was my prayer life changed, but my whole life began to change and still is to this day. You see, think with me. If every day you can come before him and lift your gaze up, and begin to understand the thrill and the privilege of reminding yourself that he's your father. How many think it's going to change your day? 
and then you lift up his name. And I'm going to teach about this in a couple of weeks' time, but I discovered, as I said, hallowed be your name. Not only did I honor God, I lifted him up. Lord, you're my peace. You're my provider. You're my healer. As I lifted him up, he started manifesting himself to me, and I started experiencing his peace and his provision and his healing. Yeah. Change your life. Then I started praying and still do. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, I start praying it over my own life. Like draw a circle and say, first person who needs the will of God to be done this day is me. (laughs) Then I pray over Karen. I know she prays over me. We pray over our children and our wider family. And then we pray for you as a church family and the leaders. And and we, we start saying, God... We're partnering with you to see your kingdom come, your will be done. It's not just our prayer lives that gets changed, our lives get changed. Because God changes our lives when we meet with him. We don't have to stop there. We can pray for our nation. How many know our nation needs praying? I'm looking forward to an intensification of our praying for revival and outpouring of the Spirit on this land and joining together, not just all across Kingsgate, but with hundreds and hundreds of other churches and many, many other Christians all across your land. Lord, in this season, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in a new way. Lives are changed. Our Father will reward us. And then give us this day our daily bread. We started praying that when we were lacking in daily bread as a family. And we started seeing God do amazing miracles in our finances and come before him, Lord, you know, thank you, Lord, that you allow me to come into your presence and you don't, you don't point out my sin immediately, but Lord, then we do need to do some business because maybe some attitudes and I've said some things. So Lord, thank you that I can come and ask you and forgive me, Lord. And oh, great, Lord, you forgive me and I'm clean and I can go out different. And then, oh yeah, there's some, maybe a bit of resentment. Lord, I, I forgive that person. It changes your life. And then learn how to pray. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. When it's not just a prayer. It's real protection will come over you. Imagine thousands of us all praying for one another, lifting up the pressure. We're praying. You see, things are going to change. Do you, you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And then as we all go out, a new sense of perspective. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. The whole atmosphere around your life can change. I'm preaching myself happy. I don't know anyone else. I, mean, I don't know what you're like at servicing your car or keeping your car in good shape. I've got a confession. It's not my top gift. In fact, one of my team noticed that one of my tires was a bit low, and he knows a lot more about cars than I did, and he said, I'll go and check it for you. It had a PSI of three. <laughs> yeah, horrible, isn't it? I know. And sometimes my car can get a bit dirty. Thankfully, I have booked in regular services. But imagine if every day somebody would personally come and do an MOT service. You know, top, how many know it helps if your petrol's in the tank and you're... Oil's changed, and do we have still spark plugs in modern-day engines? Anyway, uh, forgive my ignorance. (laughs) Your your tires are up. It's all sparkling clean, smells great, looks great, inside and out. I want to tell you, every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's like going through a service, an MOT, a a tire check, a fuel change, 
freshen up, ready, and you can go into your day. Yeah! Prayer will change not just your prayer. This prayer will not just change your prayer life. It will change every part of your life. Amen? Lord's Prayer is so special because it's the prayer outline that Jesus gave us. As we pray it, our Father will reward us. Third thing I want to say is this. There's no limit to how much we can grow in it as we pray. No limit to how much we can grow in praying this prayer. I say that because this prayer will work wherever you're at in your spiritual journey. It'll get you started. It will keep you going. It will get you back on track. And it will help you go deeper. Some of you, you've never really started out on the prayer journey. I want to encourage you, start here. Come to these Sundays. Check the web resources. Take the prayer guide away. And just watch how you'll grow in your prayer life. But I also want to speak to, if you like, seasoned prayers. In my small group, this week we were, as we do, we share, we pray for one another, we share needs, and we just happened to go on to talking about this series, and Simon Deeks, who many of you know, Center Pastor of Cambridge, part of the leadership team, he just starts praying. He says, God, as we go into this season, feels like we're just in the shallows of a deep ocean. I thought, you're absolutely right. And Simon is somebody who is one of the most disciplined prayers I know. He's been praying the Lord's Prayer for years, and yet there's still a hunger in him saying, God, I feel like I'm just in the shallows. I want to go in the deep ocean. I want to tell you, I, I, like you, have got a massive L plate on. I feel like I'm in the shallows, and I want to go into more and more of the depths of God. Anyone else want to join us on the journey? Let's go deeper in knowing this wonderful God. So the question is, how, how do we grow? God, God's given it to us. Through Jesus, he promises to reward us. But can I say, growth in this area won't just come because you're sitting here listening attentively to me. (laughs) It won't come just because you've got a prayer guide. Guess how we're going to grow? By doing it. So let me just give you a few little helpful, practical things on how to do it and how to start growing in doing it. And there's lots I could say, but I've just selected a couple of key things. Firstly, if we're going to grow, wherever we are on the journey, we need to find the time and the place to pray this, or times and places. I remember as I was doing this study of Jesus' prayer life 30 years ago, what struck me was here's an intensely busy guy with more responsibility on his shoulders than anyone else. And yet he made prayer and spending time with his father the number one priority in his life. He didn't tack prayer on and say, oh, sorry, father, I'm a bit busy. I've just um, raised the Lazarus and fed 5,000 people. It's a bit exhausting, this water walking business. He doesn't do that. In fact, the more he does and the more's on him, the more he says, Father, I need to come back to you and draw strength and wisdom from you. And I remember looking and thinking, Jesus, if that's the priority on prayer, I want to make prayer the number one priority in my life. But you've got to find the time. You've got to find the time. And if you, one of the things that really helped me years ago 
was the idea that we can pray the Lord's Prayer almost imagine a clock and you've got a certain amount of time you can put as much or as little time into praying it as you've got available so if you notice on your prayer guides on the other side it's just a simple picture of a clock it's the idea of almost like segments of time let's say you've got 14 minutes to work you could pray a couple of minutes on our father in heaven a couple of minutes on hallowed be your name and before you know it, you've prayed 15 minutes or you might have an hour, you could expand that time. Or you may get so caught up in, Father, hallowed be your name, you say, oh Lord, I've run out of time, I'm so sorry, I haven't been able to finish it. Guess what? Great. If you start praying it in the beginning of the day, you've got lunchtime, you can finish it off. The point is, we've got to be flexible. We have to find the time to pray if we want to grow in it. And I'm not prescribed, that's, that's between you and the Lord, but make decision. Either you're going to add to your devotions or you're going to readjust your devotion. What other times in the day can you find? Often, I think we have dead time that we waste. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Find the time. And secondly, find the place. Other thing I observed about Jesus was how creative he was, if you like, in finding place, places to pray. In Matthew 6, he said, go into your room and close the door. So that's one place you can pray. But his example was he often went out to lonely places. He's up a mountain. A bit hard in the east of England, isn't it? I know, but let's be creative. And my simple question to you is, what's the best place for you to pray? Experiment, discover. If like me, you love outdoors, then go prayer walking. Just keep it quiet when you come past other people. Be creative. Your car Maybe it is your room. Maybe your room's distracted because the telly's next door. Find the place or the places where you can best commune with your father. Find the time, find the place. And then finally, pray this with fasting. Can I have an amen, please? (laughs) And with others. Pray it with fasting and with others. Interesting, Jesus, as I've already said, he teaches on giving, praying, and then he says, I want, I want to remind you about fasting. He says, when you give, when you pray, and then when you fast, notice almost like a double blessing coming here, your Father will reward you. Now, if he said to us, he'll reward us when we pray, guess what that means? He'll reward us when we pray. If he says he will reward us when we fast, guess what? He reward us when we fast. And so guess what happens when we start fasting and praying together? Double whammy. <laughs> Double blessing. Now, I, I want to just restate, fasting doesn't change God, it changes us. It doesn't get God to love us anymore. He's already our Father. But there's something about fasting that helps clear out the distraction and the, the, the rubbish in parts of our life so that we can hear God more clearly, we can be more sensitive to his spirit, and we can pray more effectively. Let's, in this season, as well as praying the Lord's Prayer for the whole season, we're going to devote a 21-day season across all Kingsgate centers, 8th to the 28th of May, where we're going to say for 21 days, we want to focus our praying with fasting and you can fast as much as you like from whatever you want to fast from. I believe there's something powerful about us all joining together with fasting. So pray with fasting 
And then finally, pray with others. Pray with others. Notice what the Lord's Prayer doesn't say. It doesn't say, this then is how you should pray, my Father. Now can I say, he is your Father, personal, but Jesus doesn't say we're to pray this way. What does he say? Our Father. In other words, this is not just a prayer for you as a solitary believer. You are part of the we, God's family. This is the family prayer. And when you pray the Lord's Prayer on your own, you can know that you're praying with literally hundreds of millions of people who are praying it probably every day all across the planet. And you can know that in a particular week in May, we're going to be praying it with hopefully millions of Christians across the UK. And when we're praying it during this whole eight-week season as a Kingsgate Church family, we know, although we're praying on our own very often, we're all praying it together. And we're thinking about the inclusivity of the family of God. And he's not just doing something in me, he's doing something in us as the people of God. Amen? Yeah, come on. Something powerful about what's going to happen. And let's add the praying knowing that others are praying it with us. Let's also think about what it might be to pray literally with others. Maybe a prayer partner, maybe two or three people in your life group. Maybe pray it together in families or in homes. And then right in the middle of this season, we're going to have in our different Kingsgate centers a three-day season where we're going to come together for extra prayer meetings and touching heaven because we believe something happens when we pray on our own, but something even more powerful when we agree together. Amen. Imagine what God's going to do. We have a Father who wants to reward us and change our lives and answer our prayers in Jesus' name. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the gift, the greatest gift of all, which is we can come into relationship with you through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, we receive not just this teaching, but we receive the call to pray the Lord's Prayer as an invitation, as a gift. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd release a spirit of prayer over us, individually and collectively. And as a result, we'd be changed. And many, many others who we're going to pray for will also be changed. Their lives will be changed in this hour and for all eternity. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.